I would put some effort if I'm cooking for someone, for sure. Like I'll, I'll just oh, go yeah. all out for that, and I'll even try to replicate Mama's food just to impress someone. Although, of course, you gotta <laughs> impress the chickens, right? <laughs> the chickens? What the hell? You're not Spanish. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I am Tiago Lima. And I am Tiago Malakias. And this is Things You Expat, your regular show on expat issues. Today we'll talk about the one thing most expats have in common. We miss mommy's food. Do you miss mommy's food, Tiago? Yeah, I do miss mommy's food. Mommy's and grandma's food. Like, Oh, tell me uh, about it. <laughs> well, what, what is so special about mommy's food and grandma's food in your case? First of all, I cannot make it myself. Like, you know, when, when you are abroad and you try to replicate your mama's recipe and they send an email nowadays with all mm-hmm. the steps... And, and it's probably a copy-paste of a recipe online because they didn't write it themselves. No, they usually write it, but there is they always do. a step. Wow. There's always a step that says, "Yeah, at your own taste, like with some ingredients." And my own mm-hmm. taste is never the same, so the recipe always fails miserably. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's really uncanny. So, is like, it just your cooking skills that are yeah, a bit, uh, questionable? I'm, for myself, I think I, I can cook and I can survive with my own food, but it's like making mama's food that's really impossible. And also, mm-hmm. I I don't usually think that making my mom's food or my grandma's mom food abroad is the same thing because I never get the same feeling out of the food, if you know what I mean. Like when I go yeah, home... Yeah, I think the it's the setting, of, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. The setting and the people that surround you when, when you eat the food. So um, it's kind of strange. So Even if you nail the recipe and the flavor is exactly the same, the setting That's, and the, the feeling and the people that are around you eating that same food is completely different. So, it so won't, the food won't taste the same. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my idea about it. So I never really try to make my my mom's food abroad just mm-hmm. because I think it won't ever be the same. So I thought one of the biggest bottlenecks would actually be the ingredients. You know, okay. because at least vegetables are quite quite different from uh, the ones you can get here in Brussels are quite different from the ones you can get in Portugal, and that, for me that makes a big difference. Um, some of my favorite dishes. Well, yeah. they don't really take a lot of uh, vegetables. Or at least my, my favorite mom food, let's say, doesn't take a lot of vegetables. Uh, but but there is there is something there. I don't know if it's if it. I think it's it's from the source of the food, right? Yeah, yeah, the source. And but you're t- talking but the about setting vegetables. Indeed, uh, makes a big difference. I, I agree with you. Like the vegetables, especially when I lived in Brussels or in Belgium, they were complete. The flavor was completely different. But. Yeah. But even what if you get there? the ingredients, like, I don't know, it's the whole thing. It's the preparation, it's the, um, the environment, mm-hmm. it's the, the people that, that eat the food with you. Mm-hmm. I like and, to blame it on the ingredients because it's easy, but I think you might be right. Even yeah. if I would nail everything, I would buy everything perfect and I would cook, you know, the ultimate mom food. And then yeah, it would probably not taste the same. Yeah, But, but it's okay. I think that even like... 
there is a setting for 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 that for that type of like for you to to get that food whenever you are uh, you're home like that's that's the reason like that's why it's mama's food like it's made by mama and that's just the the whole concept of it but and i reckon that everybody really really misses it just because of that just the, it's the connection with the people that that make the food mm -hmm. not really about the food itself um, so what is um what then becomes of your connection with the food again what then yeah like, no, no, no. What becomes the connection with the food? And with this, I mean, it's we're talking same. about an emotional attachment that we have yeah. to the mom food and yeah. then we moved abroad, right? Yeah. And now you're leaving elsewhere. So uh, how do you make your own food comfortable and, and cozy in there when you know you, you made the dish and you're happy like, oh, this, this will be super tasty. Then you eat it and it, it's fuzzy. I don't know. No, I don't think like, mm, how does that I, work? I, I, get, I like the food that I cook and I like to eat abroad. I, I like to eat here and I, I like to eat the food that I cook and the food that other people cook for me when I'm abroad. It's not, not about the fla the flavor of the food. It's about, mm -hmm. for example, I give you an example with the wine. So for if you buy wine, yeah. independently of the price of the wine, you will always remember any wine, even if it's the shittiest wine in the world if it's in a perfect moment with the right person so that wine will just be th that special wine and even if it tastes like awful you will still go for it to try to replicate that moment so it's just the same with food like it doesn't really so are, yeah. yeah go ask <laughs> so you're taking away the the food flavor itself and telling me that eating is a social experience always yeah yeah, yeah. exactly Huh. I would I wouldn't say any different like especially because I, is there is a, there is a really good saying that says like a man cannot hit a whole pig but 10 men can hit can eat 10 whole pigs so it's like it's about the people <laughs> that you are with and uh, what they, they bring to the table as well so uh -huh. uh, I but, think it's uh, about that. what about when you're eating alone then is it just sad all the time? Your your food sucks when you're eating alone at home? No, it doesn't <laughs> suck, but it's mostly like survival. Like I get my proteins, I get my carbs, I get my, my fat and that's it. Like it's pure mathematics. It's just, no, it's not. It's, it tastes yeah, great. Crossfit, but it's, CrossFit no, guy. No, no, no. It's just like, it's what I think. Like it's enough to, to survive or it's just, uh -huh. I, I give it a bit of flavor, but I don't overthink it. So. Just, that just is very interesting. I think that is then a very personal uh, experience because mm. I, I, I don't feel that way. I like some days I, I come home and I will, went shopping for some ingredients and I know I'm going to cook for myself and I can easily spend two hours just doing a simple recipe and just do it with so much care, so much love. And then when I eat it, I'm so happy. And it's not just, you know, survival mode like you're talking about. It's, it's, it's pleasure. Yeah, I, I get and it's it. not like, that I eat a lot of the right. It's just I, I like the experience of building something and then reaping the benefits of yeah. what I did. Yeah, my food doesn't taste bad. Like I'm not saying that I eat bad food. <laughs> I'm just saying that if I'm cooking for myself, I'm not losing two hours to cook. Like for sure not. But if yeah, I'm cooking, I don't usually for do that. Huh? Uh, sorry, I don't. I don't usually yeah. do it. But it, I would put some effort if I'm cooking for someone, for sure. Like I'll, I'll just oh, go yeah. all out for that. And I'll even try to replicate mama's food just to impress someone. Although, of course, you got to impress the chickens, right? <laughs> the chickens, what the hell? You're not Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> the chickens, where did they come from? Oh, man. What are you complaining about? <laughs> <laughs> you just cook for impressing the chicken boy. <laughs> How, how would you say there in the UK impressing the ladies? 
no, I wouldn't say anything <laughs> like that. I would just say, I, would, <laughs> I don't even say, I didn't even know. Like, I was just, it was a joke. I know, I know, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but but if I cook for someone, for friends or for, or even for a party, I, I will, I will lose some time and, and try to do my best. But obviously if it's, if I'm, if I try to, to copy a recipe from home, it's always a bit hard, as you said, because you expect something and because it's difficult to find the right ingredients, mm -hmm. because there is always an ingredient like tomatoes from, I don't know where, and you try to replicate it with the tomato from, from the supermarket. It's like shit. Oh, doesn't taste the same. Yeah. Taste. It's always disappointing. The tomatoes, at least here in Belgium, I'm always disappointed. Yeah, but but this this brings me to another thing. Like we are mm. Portuguese and from the south, and we know that our culture revolves around food. But that doesn't happen in in other places. Like every as we experience in Belgium, like food in Belgium is not as important as in in, in Portugal, for example. Especially at yeah, lunch. The, the act of eating together is not as important, yeah. I think, either. No, maybe this is arguable because we're talking about Flanders. I think. Yeah. 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 We are because well, I, I don't know if, if it if it would be extended extendable to the rest of Belgium, but at least in Flanders, I did get that feeling that uh, the eating is not a, a social thing. It's not the thing that brings families together. When well, I was growing up, there were several days, uh, especially in the summer, that you, as a kid you would go play outside or or somewhere, and then your father went to work and your mother is elsewhere working, and then the moments that you were all together were lunch and dinner. That was the time that you socialized. Yeah, and that was the the bonding time was while eating, and that extended then to social parties, to 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 weddings. Weddings yeah. are mega feasts, right? But I think that that also happens in Flanders. I think to a lesser degree. For example, you make. Mm -hmm. Well, what I mean is that in Portugal you would make like, for example, lunch and dinner both a social experiment, like a social event. While in yeah. Flanders, I think it's more about dinner. Like lunch is just a matter of like getting through it and and just. But is it every dinner? I don't think it's I, every I dinner yeah. that they would do it. They would do it once a week, twice a week, maybe three times a week, depending on the family. Of course, if you have kids and your yeah. and wife or a partner, how does it go? Right? Um, probably you do yeah. it every day because. You have to raise these people and you are with them all the time and, and, and you love them, of course. Uh, so, but if yeah. you live just with somebody else. No, the, know, the main difference that I noticed when I, I lived there was basically like lunch during work. Like, for example, in Portugal, you would take mm. like your hour to go out, to eat something warm, to eat something like consistent, like, like really a proper dish while both in Belgium and in the Netherlands, you would just go for a sandwich, like really fast, mm -hmm. half hour, yeah, 15 minutes, you're done. And it's like, it, that's a bit of a cultural shock just there because it's mm -hmm. it's so simple what they are doing at lunch and it's like it it takes a bit of your social time of the day but mm -hmm. then again they will leave work earlier so it, it actually compensates for it's the family time like they will be with their family mm -hmm. much earlier than we would just because yeah. like they they would be efficient like eating and then just getting back to work while we will just like get a warm yeah. food and then go for coffee maybe a cigarette after <laughs> coffee if you smoke and then just you go back to work after one hour and 20 minutes and you just start working again it's just right. a, a, i'm not saying that we are not efficient it's just like it's a, <laughs> efficient use of time it's just a different it's a different concept. way of operating uh, but that is that i don't know how much that is changing but at least for me i always i have tried to follow this this belgian or at least flemish style of eating in which you grab something and have a bite but we at least where where i work we have the tendency to 
um, okay, we go and eat, grab a sandwich or, or a wrap or whatever it is, but we all eat together in the same place. And then we spend like an hour in this, in this cafeteria eating and, and talking for at least an hour. Then, then we have to go all to work, of course. But uh, we do do our socializing during lunchtime. Yeah, but that's also, it, again, because you are in a international environment everybody more or less adapts to yeah. each other and then maybe mm -hmm. you come to an agreement an informal agreement and non-spoken agreement that yeah know, just take but a bit we're more also time. just a minority yeah most of the yeah. people do actually end up eating in their own desks which i think is a bit sad but that's a, my opinion yeah. um But yeah. that, that's that was one of the funniest things in, in Belgium was like the sandwich at lunch like it's and it's not <laughs> even like a, a a good sandwich like ham a ham sandwich <laughs> You don't go bread, ham and ham. cheese. Yeah, bread, yeah. ham, and bread again. You don't go bread, ham, salad, cheese. maybe. Yeah. They would never go leaf. bread, ham, cheese, bread again. That's too much. That's too luxurious for, for, for the type of lunch that they want to have. Ham so and cheese like, is too luxurious, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you and, cannot um, have it. What about there in the UK? So what's been your experience so far Now, for lunch? It's similar. Like um, it's Most people just bring a warm lunch to have and, uh, and just... That was warm lunch. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. So So they, they cook their own food and the day before and then they bring it in a Tupperware and they Well, I haven't been here it. long enough to say that's a general rule and again mm -hmm. and then again I'm working in an international environment, but yeah, most people would bring a warm lunch and we would eat all together in the mm -hmm. kitchen and just spend a bit of time mm -hmm. socializing at lunch. Yeah, um, I have a feeling yeah. that that is growing everywhere. Lots of yeah, people are starting so. to bring their own food for lunch, warm lunches. Uh, having them yeah, and also socially. that brings us to like also the the way people are looking at food is changing because a sandwich mm -hmm. is not the most healthy lunch to have. And people and I, I, I had a lot of fl Flemish friends that changed mm -hmm. their food habit at lunch just because like eating a sandwich is not really enough for for what you do, especially if you sport. And uh, uh -huh, sorry for okay. this, guys. So they will just start doing warm food for lunch just to have the right amount of food for, for sport or for their whole day. So, um, and this whole mentality about food is clearly changing with both like new trends of food, like vegan, vegetarian. Yeah, nowadays, uh, indeed. And for I have even, seen, yeah. I have seen a big difference in along these years that I've been living here in Belgium on, on, on how people look at what they consume, at least in Flanders and particularly while I work in Leuven, the, the, the care for awareness or, or let's say the awareness for sustainability is, is, is increasing fast. And I see a lot of people starting to consume, um, specific products that are more biologic or more local and are starting to see more restaurants with the same approach, some products being sold uh even even cutlery and and the whole restaurant in in our in the university where i work already taken a, has taken a, a large and significant approach towards changing their habits and i think this is uh, it's growing and it's 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 very important very interesting to see uh, how people are actually adapting to all these uh hot topics lately Yeah, I think this is a good moment to take a break and talk about these new trends of food yeah. and how it's affecting our generation or people around us. Yeah. What do you think? Sure. All right. Yeah, let's, let's go for a break. It. Be right back, guys. Mm -hmm. 
Did you know that in Portugal we have a dessert called Baba de Camelo, which literally translates to the drool of a camel? This is a popular dessert that you'll find on just about every traditional menu. It sounds tasty, you know? On the contrary, no camels are harmed in making this dessert. It's in fact just a quirky name for a very runny caramel-based treat that is infused with condensed milk and almonds. So, we're speaking about new trends of food, like veganism, vegetarianism, like, what's your opinion on it? Like, did you adopt those those new diets? Uh, new, they are not new, but did you adopt the, the diets? What's your opinion on it? Have I changed my diet based on the, the trending? Yeah. Did you stop being a Portuguese Viking, eating the entire pig <laughs> and the entire cow, and you stop eating, and you start eating broccoli and cauliflower? And tofu uh, and Satan. <laughs> I want to say yes, but it's also a no. It's it's like I, I'm I I'd, I'd rather be a responsible eater and know that the sources where the food that I consume come from are reliable and sustainable. Um, so I do I do eat a lot more vegetarian food than I had before, and I have this year particularly I've been eating a lot more vegetarian food. I've learned how to cook more more vegetarian dishes. Uh, but it's vegetarian. I don't think I could be vegan yet. Uh, but it's it's going there. Um, but I I won't cut off. I I still love meat, of course, and, and, and all their derivatives. Yeah. Uh, you milk like the chickens? Well. The chickens. <laughs> <laughs> the chickens. Uh, um, well, there's a, some of my favorite dishes will remain. Some of my favorite dishes, like the roast frango. Is one uh, definitely my favorite. Chicken Mama rice, food. that's what she said. Chicken rice, that's what, that's what he said. Like, just to translate, chicken rice. Chicken it's, rice. It's my favorite, my favorite mama food, yes. Um, so I won't stop eating those things. But if I am making it myself, I'm going to make sure that uh, the ingredients I'm using are coming from a sustainable and ecological source. Well done. Uh, and, well and I'm done. definitely cutting a lot on, on red meat. I mean, uh, I rarely eat cow or pork. And I eat some chicken here and there, but the rest is vegetarian. Something I really have a lot of trouble with is milk and cheese. I, I would never, I don't think I could give that up. It's, it's just so really? essential in my diet. I really like cheese and I really like milk. Well, milk, milk, maybe I could. I think uh, there was a time that I had, uh, that I did consume a lot of oat milk and soy milk. I tried them all just to see which one I liked the most, which is soy milk. Um, but and still, I think still, I, will, prefer, I will go back to it. And you still prefer normal milk? Depends. Depends on, on what I'm going to do. But I, honestly, I think I will go back to soy milk again. I've mm. been... There was a phase that I decided to go back to normal milk because I felt I was missing some of the nutrients from it. Damn. But I don't think that is true anymore. Okay. So I'll go back to soy milk. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's a bigger effort than I'm actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. what is your non-effort? <laughs> it's not <laughs> as my dad would say. Does chicken count as, as vegetables? 
but no <laughs> no but like uh, it's kind of difficult like i really it's not about like the meat or anything it's just like about mm. making the full shift to a v- vegetarian diet like uh yeah. we kind of eat a lot of of chicken and white meat because of, yeah. of, of sport but and it's kind of difficult to make the full tra- transaction to, transaction to to v- vegetarian just because you have to start thinking differently about how you eat and yeah, that's, everything. that's completely different from what i am used to so i think that's um, why i am trying to do it slowly instead of saying like from now on i'm vegetarian and then yeah yeah and i have I'm, no I'm, idea I'm trying how to how, get into it and i yeah. enjoyed it and i have no idea how to cook a, the same for example the same nutrients in a, a non-vegetarian meal and convert that to a vegetarian meal like i have no idea what mm-hmm. i should do like the quantities or or, or anything so it's mm-hmm. it's a big step and I, I have to be honest like i'm i'm far from that i mean i'm really far from that yeah and, and yeah maybe one day i'll, I'll shift but i'm not mm-hmm. sh- i'm not sure if it's in the in your future mm-hmm. or anything like but that i'm not too aware or putting too much effort in calculating the nutrients and the proteins that come from one or the other it's just uh, some recipes that I find, uh, for instance, in, in cooking books that I have, and I try to adapt them uh, with vegetarian options. So most often lately, I have been changing chicken with mushrooms, for instance, okay, or beans. And it, it, some of the recipes that you do, you've done will work the same way. Others won't. It's a matter of testing and trying. But it's it's a uh, it's been an interesting experience. I've been try- playing a lot with this um, tofu as well. Which yeah. is usually very bland and it's terrible to eat because it has no taste. It's it's all about the sauces and what you put in it. Yeah. Um, but I discovered that it's uh, it's interesting to play with this. I like it. Yeah, and but I've been reading in the most like for example the journal uh, scientific journal publications that argue mm. what's the best type of diet that you can do if it's vegan, if it's vegetarian, if it's like uh, not changing all I your. I think concepts. that is internally arguable. Yeah, but there is one good journal. Uh, I don't remember the name or anything. I can leave the reference later on. Um, it's they say actually there is one way to go. You you can eat like meat in, in your diet, and it, you don't have to cut it to a minimal. You actually can eat it like most days, and it's still sustainable. So it's not. It's arguable that you can it, vegan is more sustainable than eating meat. Mm-hmm. It's just like it depends on the sources. It, it depends on a lot of things. And in this, yeah, you need to be aware of where things come from. Yeah. If you're gonna buy red meat and eat it every day, but this one comes from from well, just the amount of carbon dioxide that you need to produce and that yeah, to to and feed a cow and then the cow dying yeah. and you eating it it's insane so I d- i'm not really sure about what you're saying yeah and, and it's also like i'm i'm the, not the most informed person about this topic but for example like vegan at uh, the vegan diet it's based on the fact that actually everything from the growth of the plant to to the table it's it's vegan and most uh, veg- vegetables are not the the manure that's used on on the plantation mm-hmm. is not controlled so it's like it's still animal animal manure, which is like the most the, mm-hmm. the principal cause of, of, of global warming. So, well, there are many many different types of veganism. Yeah. I don't think we can put it in a such yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a limited box. Um, and and there are people who will definitely tolerate that, and others who won't. Yeah, but again, like uh, I think we are far from understanding. There is a world. line. Yeah, and and you need to know where to draw this line, and we are far from. We're getting the right. 
but what I think is that it it will improve at some point, and I think there will be a lot of regulations by, by governments on on the, the sustainability of food that that reaches the supermarkets. Maybe not now. Maybe they are starting to be aware there of is, the problem. But, they are, but, but but still not in everything. So, no. as you know, I, I will be abroad next month. Uh, probably I will have been already by the time this airs. But uh, details. Um, what was I going to say? Ah, I had to. <laughs> I had to. Uh, I had an assignment to to do, which uh, involved looking at seafood packages in the supermarket and taking taking pictures of them. Uh, so probably we'll have some discussion about it. Maybe I'll get back to you guys about the discussion I had later. Um, and it was very interesting because I, I looked at this package and I never paid enough attention to this. Um, but you can really see they, they actually describe where do the, do all the individual pieces of seafood come from and how are they fished? And, and knowing what I know now, I think I will never eat seafood again, at least what? Not frozen like that. Yes. Because what? all, because it's terribly unsustainably fished. Unless you farm, sorry, unless you farm the seafood, uh, which is sustainable and it's in a controlled way, you're going to have gigantic 100 meters more nets rushing through the bottom of seafloors, destroying everything in their path to catch the seafood you want. And it's, for me, it breaks my heart and it's terrible because it, it kills so many things that are essential for our future. Um, okay. That's it. I, I, I was terribly shocked by seeing that a, a, a supermarket that I trust actually still has some of these products. Interesting fact next to this is that I usually go to Les, which is a supermarket here in Belgium, and they have on their website, if you go to the fish and seafood part, they have a disclaimer on top saying that they care about sustainability and the sources that they use for their food and their seafood and their fish particularly are, are usually uh, controlled and sustainable and they care about this. And you see in the, the whole branding of the, the supermarket lately, is very ecological and very sustainable. And then I go to the seafood section and I see this. So I'm a bit heartbroken about it. I, I had no idea. I'm, I, I barely look at those labels. So yeah, exactly. I'm part, I'm it's, part it's, of the problem. But yeah, but I, I know that, for example, that, oysters and, and, and mussels, you can actually grow them quite sustainable and it's not that difficult. And they are... And shrimps too. Uh, sorry? You can also farm shrimps sustainably. Okay. And, and, and as you're saying, mussels and, and clams, maybe. Uh, not everything. I think squid is very hard. Uh, but it's just pay attention to what you're consuming, the, the source. It's important. I think uh, now we're doing a little bit of conservation and awareness. Uh, so I think, guys, pay attention to what you're consuming. Yeah, but now, now the, a question comes to my mind connecting this to the first part of the podcast. So what will happen to mama's food? Like it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not sustainable. Eating yeah, like right. a whole pig or a whole cow in one meal. It's not really. What's... If you think about it, it's really not sustainable. If you do it like once in so a guys, few years in a Tiago, special occasion. Tiago knows what I'm talking about. Really. But but what came to mind was a, a, a typical Portuguese food. It's called the boil. And the boil has basically everything that you can imagine from the pork and most of it from the cow boiled together and you boil all the vegetables that you can imagine and you boil rice and you basically eat these two, three components 
in the same plate. And when I say everything about the pork, it's it's basically like the ears, the tail, <laughs> the feet, <Pause. laughs> the sausages because we made chorizo out of them. Like it's <laughs> it's it's whatever you can imagine. It's there. It's boiled, and you ready to eat. So, well, we reckon this is not sustainable, but we have to admit that's damn good and <laughs> you cannot do anything about that so it is really tasty but i but don't yeah, think i don't think that's yeah i, I don't, don't know. know the older i grow the more my heart is broken by these things so I yeah, think but, my diet eventually will change significantly. But, but if your mama just puts like <laughs> a boil yeah, i mean like i'm not going out of the way yeah. just to you know yeah i'm not cooking it myself and i'm choosing not to do it uh, on a regular basis but if once uh, in a while when i go to portugal which is not that frequently it happens well okay right yeah, if i'm out with my friends yeah, and we go oh. have a burger okay yeah. it's once but the yeah, rest yeah. of the week i make sure that i am being uh consistent with uh, how i feel about it yeah it's i think it's the right attitude but um, if you want to take it to the next step you should really when even when you go out okay you can choose not to consume these things or you can choose to consume these things and ask the restaurants about their sources mm. yeah so I you can bring point. awareness to the restaurants as well because they are the the massive food wasters of the world right but then you'll be that person that person that's just yes. like hey, <laughs> yes. excuse me excuse me excuse me uh where are these muscles from uh, I cannot eat them. Like you're not sustainable. Like and the waiter normally to... doesn't know. <laughs> yes. So, so it's, it's like it's, the uh... next plate comes. It's like not muscles, but it comes with spit just because you annoy them. So it's like you always have to balance out. Who do you annoy with the sustainability? Because yeah, extra flavor on the next plate is not always welcome. I do hope that that mentality changes. Yeah, it will change, as we were saying. It but is, it will it is take sad, time. But, and, yeah. but I think it, uh, I, I think it has to come mostly also from governments. There has to be some laws about this, and they have to be the people have yeah, to. Yeah, but follow that, that them comes and, that comes from the will of the people as well. If the people are pushing for it, the government will notice it as well. But, I'm not saying that it, it it has to be only from one side; it needs to be from both sides. And the major impact will most likely come from the government. Yeah, but 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 you know that sustainable food like it's a bit more expensive than than food that's not sustainable just because it's more difficult to produce so people that cannot afford sustainable food like would never buy it they would always choose the cheapest option and mm -hmm. and that's why i say that government have a huge influence because prices cannot go up uh, that much so people would have the this choice of sustainable so there have to be regulations indeed the same with plastic taxation with on everything. unsustainability that's i think true. that will be the next one of the next steps in policy making will be starting introducing taxes on unsustainable products because otherwise we won't have a planet in 50 years or something i don't know what's the number yeah i don't know as well but yeah um yeah i just i'm worried about mama's food man i'm just worried about that <laughs> it's so good mama's <laughs> yeah, food good. well i think that's it for today guys I hope yeah. you liked it. Uh, comment, leave your opinions, leave some topics that you want us to discuss, and mm -hmm. you'll see us next time. Bye. Yeah, and don't forget to tell your mama that her food is awesome. Yeah, yeah, Bye. yeah. Tell your mama that. Thank you for listening to Things You Expat. And see you in the next episode. 
Don't forget to leave us a rating in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 